hello everyone, my name's Hadil, also known as Hadil Speaks, and you're listening to Miss The Point, a podcast where I'm joined by many activists, journalists, politicians, and everyday people to talk about politics in the 21st century. And today's episode is one that I've been excited about for a really long time. Echo chambers, how polarized are we? And who better to bring on for this episode than Najla? Najla, would you like to introduce yourself? I feel so shy already. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a good episode. Um, Yeah, I'm Nejla. I am... It's hard to tell you why I am, honestly. I am the journalist. I am the activist. I am the ranter that gets so angry. And I'm already riled up for, like, this conversation because Hadil knows (laughs) this is something that we've been, like, yapping on about for ages. Um... So I, I do a lot. I do a lot of like things for the youth. That's what I'm mainly focused on. I do, um, I run courses for the youth, mainly youth from, I don't like the term, but the BAME term, the BAME community, um, trying to get them into like different creative jobs. And yeah, I'm now recently, I've set up a YouTube channel um, and opened up a new page. And it's all about kind of switching up the lens and seeing ourselves now as our own inspirations rather than looking outwardly it's all about looking inwardly so that's a little summary of who i am i mean how amazing is Najla? she is fighting all of the good fights now in terms of today's episode how polarized are we i feel like we need to start by asking ourselves are we even polarized which is kind of ironic considering the question because what i anticipate will happen is people are either going to be like a hundred percent yes or a hundred percent no so tell me Nejla, do you think we're polarized and whose fault do you think it is i mean yes <laughs> like exactly the example that you gave the fact that some people say yes and no just goes to show like it's an indicator of the fact that we are whose fault is it you know when i um think about this i don't know like i feel like there's so many people who not necessarily are to blame or so many factors but it's there's different things to it there's different factors that play a part and it's about kind of breaking that apart now and seeing okay who needs to take responsibility for what? What needs to take responsibility for what? And how do we now change those to try and attempt to change how polarized we actually are? So I think maybe towards the end of the discussion, we'll have identified like, like whose fault it is. For this question, I think it's key not to confuse um, disagreement with polarization. Cause I feel like a lot of the time, uh, the younger generation are blamed from be- for being polarizing when i don't necessarily think that's the case it's just a fundamental disagreement on something and that's why i wanted to pose that question at the start to highlight to everyone who's listening you know um to be really honest and very clear about what we mean by polarization because to me polarization is the idea that people are so set in their ways and unwilling to have dialogue about certain things and how we can conceptualize that and break that down Um, Because as you'll see as we get through the episode, I feel like there are certain times where um, what you may recognize as polarization might actually be necessary in some stances, but I won't ruin the whole episode from now. Um, You know, is it a matter of polarization on certain issues or do you think 
society as a whole is just polarized because sometimes I feel like it's it's really important to differentiate. Do you think it's polarization on whether, you know, for example, pro-life or pro-gun, for example, or is it a fundamental polarization in our society? Honestly, I feel like before it was um, on certain issues, but I, I, as time goes on, it seems more and more that society itself is just becoming polarized. And I'm starting to wonder, is it just a fact of people are just done? Like people are just done with the constant um, change of ideas, change of, because let's, if we're really honest, a lot of people don't like change. And that's a big reason why some people are so stubborn and set in their ways that they're not willing to open up a dialogue to try and see um, what this change is about because they're in their safety zone essentially. So I'm starting to feel like it is a whole, like a whole society because it just seems like even on the tiniest of issues, people are just like, no, I don't want to have a conversation on this. This is the way I see it. This is the way it's always been. If it's not broken, let's not fix it kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. it may not necessarily be broken for you, but it's not about being broken for you. Like generations are coming along and the world is changing as those generations are coming along. And as someone important for my generation, so I'm in my late twenties now, we're kind of in between the older generation and the younger Gen Z, let's say, yeah. Um, I think we're starting to realize that we are now gonna have to make um, a lot of changes and adaptations in the way we think, because we were once like young and challenging our parents, our aunties, our grandmothers and whoever else it is on issues. And then you get to a point where you think, oh, now the world's fixed, like we're set, where everyone's happy. But then a new generation comes along who's living a completely different world mm. from growing up in a different world. And now we're like, oh crap we don't necessarily understand things the way you guys do and maybe we need to so i think i think this is the issue is that like a lot of people are just done they're just done with that oh i don't want to change again i don't want to have to keep changing right. i'm fine how we are it's not just about the individual it's about us as a whole society and unfortunately that includes many various generations people from different backgrounds and um, whether it be ethnically politically socially economically like these all play an effect so I think I'm definitely saying more towards the whole society being polarized now. I think that's definitely interesting and kind of to get some stats out there. Um, so in the past two decades, the percentage of Americans who consistently hold liberal conservative beliefs rather than a mix of the two um, has jumped from 10 percent to over 20 percent. And since 1994, the number of Americans who've seen opposing political parties as a threat to the nation's well-being has doubled. Now, this, these stats were from an article about, you know, social media driving political polarization. And I've been doing so much reading on this because this is something to look at, you know. Because um, like we said, while polarization can be useful in some instances, it can also be very, very harmful. Um, you know, there's things that happen in our society that put people's lives in danger, um, loads of people in danger because of this polarization. And so I think it's really important to see, to kind of understand what we're dealing with. You can't fix a problem that you don't know. You can't look at the leaves and try to solve a problem that's in the roots kind of thing. Um, I feel like one of the important things is dialogue. Dialogue is a really important tool. Do you think people still feel the need to have dialogue because with polarization comes people just being unwilling to listen to each other so do you think people still see the value of dialogue i don't think so anymore to be honest i think i think we have some somewhere along the line like created this idea that disagreement is not right and it's not healthy and it goes mm. back to what you 
like there's nothing wrong with disagreeing nothing at all like it, it i think it's a very healthy thing because if we we're all on the same page then you know like we wouldn't grow like you do need exactly. people that and you know kind of just thought i don't really not really sure about this point um but i think we've like put such a negative label on disagreement and that in turn means that we're not even able to handle disagreement in a healthy way mm. so up you know with from the smallest like maybe saying a couple of hateful words and anger to to violence to you know like that kind of thing people feeling completely marginalized from their group their friendships whatever for having a different view so i think now people are very kind of cautious about opening up dialogue on topics um specific specifically things that they think might be very controversial mm. um and that is obviously subjective depending on the group it might be raced for example that's very controversial depending on the race of the people within the group the mm. different races they have so i don't think that people necessarily still see the need for dialogue they i think they've started to view it more as a problematic thing and i think that's what we need to shift i think we need to start understanding that dialogue is actually very important mm. and this is very healthy um so yeah i don't i don't think that people still see the need in it in a general sense mm. no and that's mm. a huge problem and you know you mentioned earlier the difference between generations and how they perceive certain things and i think um you know we can't just give a sweeping statement i think for the most part gen z right are fundamentally opposed to tolerating any form of human rights abuse and that's where people are saying gen z are polarized but i posed a question is it polarizing or is it just a fundamental disagreement to say no we can't have human rights abusers and that's why i think it's really important to conceptualize what people are saying i feel like in society we have a tendency to just um give labels and um debate the label rather than the actual topic have a nuanced discussion on the actual topic which is the most important part it's really easy to scapegoat the situation and be like you know what um yeah no you're you're one of them gen zers right and you talk about being a gen zer rather than what gen z are trying to fight and i think there that is the element of deflection that is allowing this um you know willful ignorance and this intellectual laziness to continue spreading in our society and so you know we can't talk about the 21st century and things that happen in the 21st century without recognizing social media and the importance of social media um so i actually did like i said quite a bit of reading on this topic again articles will be linked down below if you want to have a read so i was reading an article and damien Cantola did an experiment where he divided democrats and republicans into echo chambers and then they picked the most polarizing issues they could think of immigration gun control unemployment and they asked each participant about what they thought of those issues and they let them revise their opinions and after several rounds of discussion and revision they evaluated each group's viewpoint and then to their surprise they found that these actual echo chambers didn't make people more polarized but less and it's kind of crazy because to me i've always had the impression that the more you see your your own opinion the more you become polarized but that isn't the case. So, um, again, in the essay that I referenced the first time, Christopher Bell and colleagues from Duke University recruited hundreds of Democrats and Republicans who were active on Twitter and paid them to follow a Twitter bot that would retweet content from the opposing side. After a month of exposure, the Democrats retained about the same attitudes, but the Republicans ended up more conservative than they were before they started the study. 
And they said that this result suggested that polarization in the US was driven up by exposure to views that people disagree with rather than being separated by what they called filter bubble, but also can be recognized as an echo chamber. And so to me, I was just reading all of these studies and I was like, hang on, this is fundamentally changing my opinion, you know, because this is literally not what I thought at the start. I thought the more you're closed off in your own opinion, the more you're less likely to, to consider or be tolerant to others' views. But when you read more and you read more into the issue, you find that the actual reason is because social media isn't just, you know, an infographic or a comment. The language is selected. The images are selected. The way things are conveyed are selected. There are people studying this. You're a digital marketer. You know so much about the ins and outs, how to drive up engagement, how to get people interested. And it's very much similar for these people on social media. What happens is they found that politicians realize that having things that evoke a sense of emotion or morality are more likely to garner people's attention. And so when they made their political statements, their tweets, their, their posts on social media, they actually found that by using this you know, sense of morality, they are able to get as much attention and support from the people within their own quote unquote echo chamber but were also able to alienate and anger people on the opposite side, which meant that they in turn became more polarized. And looking at that concept had me so intrigued because, you know, we always talk about dialogue and we just talked about the importance of dialogue. But sometimes I feel like we need to dig deeper and look at the value and meaning of the words that we use because they in turn can have a deeper psychological impact. 100%, like I think we, we, don't, we underestimate how much is being fed to us subconsciously. And that is then relayed by our conscious mind and then our behaviors and the way we speak and things we say. Like it's it's insane. And with exactly what you just said, with social media, everything's like we say, it's funny because we always talk about the term curated content, but we're not actually understanding what does that mean? It means it's curated. It's it's. There's a whole purpose and there's a whole thinking behind every single post that we put out, like the colors are being thought about, like you said, the, the, the specific wording, what's going in the infographic, what's going in the post, what's going in the caption, everything about it. There is a reason for why it's there. It's not just slapping on a picture and a funny caption. Do you know what I mean? Um, and you like one of those, that's it. You're just going to be suddenly flooded on your homepage with so many other pages and posts that kind of echo the same um the same opinion or the same message that they're trying to they're trying to deliver but it's interesting because for me i feel like in a lot of issues like you said now we're in the 21st century social media seems to come into play with every conversation we have mm. and the question is always like do we blame social media and for me it's like i don't think it's that easy because at the same time as humans, we need to assume some responsibility. A lot of these things wouldn't um, exist. They wouldn't be thrusted into, into the levels they are now if it wasn't for us as users. Who are we following? What, what there's so many advocates and activists on Instagram. Are we following these people? And right. when we're following, how engaged are we in their content? Are we just taking in what they're saying and going, you know what, like you have 10,000 followers. What you're saying must be gold and I must follow that. Or are we going, actually, I, I'm not really sure on this point. Can I ask you a question mm. about, I want to, I mean, it's because that's why it goes back to the disagreement thing. It's not just about going, for example, 
say you've posted something, Adil, and I'm not quite sure about one point. It's not about me going, oh, Adil, I think this is a load of crap. Right. Like, yes. No, it's like, Adil, you've said this. I've never thought about it this way. It doesn't really make sense to me. I kind of think of it like this, but I really want to get your opinion on it more exactly right this is something that's really important and before i get onto it this thing being intentional dialogue obviously but before i get onto it i wanted to tap into what you were saying about influences because in that study where the democrats and republicans were separated you know even even the researcher said that he was surprised by the results and he says that this lies in the idea of influences which is something you picked up on right in social media the networks tend to be what he calls centralized a small number of people or perhaps just one person at the center of the network and they're connected to loads of other people um, in what he calls again the peripheries and in contrast the research style used was more egalitarian and so people were judging the value of the information based on the sources how it was said whereas on social media when you're getting this information from influencers and loads of other people there are so many different uh, factors at play more than the information at hand because it's simple you get given a piece of information you're going to look at that information for what it is on so but on social media you get given an influencer an influencer with their own identity their own characteristics their own beliefs you know this this multi-layered individual and so it sometimes becomes less about the information and more about who is giving you the information and that again relates to all of the things you we were saying about the morality um how social media is connected like we've got to realize that social media didn't become this awesome by accident it was <laughs> it was made and structured to do this and you know it's important to use it as a tool that is useful to us in the long run and useful to us as people right um and so intentional dialogue meaningful dialogue you know why do you think it's important first of all um you know to have this meaningful dialogue because how do you grow without it like right? how do you it's going to be living as yourself while the world is changing like we need to accept we can all even if the entire human population decided to just stay stuck in their ways the world is changing the world will always change so we need to be able to grow and change with it and even if we don't reach a unanimous agreement that is fine that's where it comes back to you know just respecting other people's beliefs i'm not living in a world with seven billion muslims i'm living in a world with seven billion different people even right. the ones who mesh my identity they will still have things different so that is why i genuinely believe it is a human responsibility and the information is always out there, right? Like even if you, you know, engaging in intentional dialogue, I don't think we should always take it for the literal sense. You know, you can have internal dialogue with yourself, but you can have that then challenged by things that you read, information you expose that, to, you expose yourself to. And by this, I mean academic texts or books that have been published that are there to give you more insight on different issues. Like I said, Gen Z, I'm a Gen Zer. We are wholeheartedly against the exclusion and i say we but that doesn't count for all gen zers i think what it is is that we like i know from my generation there's a lot of focus on on the gen z of like you lot are doing all doing up all this and tiktok and we don't really understand tiktok and do you know what i mean it's all the i don't understand it i don't like it so so it's changed that i'm not comfortable with but what i've noticed happens and we've seen it from you know like 
if we go back into history and you look at people fight like for example the suffragettes and etc etc there are issues that we have been fighting for ages and every generation just comes harder that that is every generation comes harder than the last again you guys will have a generation after you that will be even harder and you'll be like we paved this way and we that's what life is about Mm. and and it comes back to having those dialogues a hundred percent and you know just to go back on that um example you gave I, I feel like even when you do have dialogue it's important like i said at the start not to have this label herd herd mentality type thing right um because not every for example muslim you speak to is going to have the same opinion not every asian is going to have the same opinion not every gay person is going to have the same opinion so like i said the worst thing we can do in today's society is generalize let's think of changing your opinion as growing out of your baby teeth how are you supposed to get your adult teeth if you won't let your baby teeth grow it's that simple how we went to grow and evolve as people and as a society if we don't let our baby teeth or our previous ideas and conceptions be challenged by new ones best analogy i've ever heard honestly it's for me the best form of learning right. and it's like like well you've just made like you've made this point so many times already there is just no excuse to be so ignorant or be so stubborn or be so anything in this society when information is all around you it's all around you and you're absorbing it without even realizing it you just don't want to act on it it's it's about being very intentional i call it intentional dialogue a lot instead of meaningful what do you want to get out of this dialogue and if number one isn't to hear something new then just just like really revisit and reevaluate why you're in this discussion because you're just going to emotionally aggravate someone else you're 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 in many cases fundamentally questioning the humanity of other individuals and and that that is that is a poor decision to make that is not intentional or meaningful dialogue i feel like it's more an antagonization of marginalized groups in many cases just like that race report that just came out where they suggested institutional racism doesn't exist it comes in so many different forms right is it that is just like the perfect example of just literally two units two communities racism doesn't exist yes it does racism doesn't yes it does and it's like we're throwing out at you all the evidence to prove it and you're still going no 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 and i'm just there like exactly and it's like this idea of when do we walk away you know i feel like that's an important part of understanding dialogue um i've i've said this a billion times i'm not discussing with anyone i'm not debating with anyone of whether racism does or doesn't exist I'm just not having that discussion anymore. We know it exists. I'm looking at solutions. I'm looking at creating spaces for for conversation and for change. I'm looking at supporting movements. You can stay there, waste your time talking about whether racism does or doesn't exist. And I feel like that's an important thing to understand. Sometimes when you realize someone's just there to antagonize and you can't move the dialogue in a useful way, it's okay to walk away. You don't have to put put in that emotional and intellectual labor that someone's just taking for granted and not appreciating and wasn't even there to 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 understand or to learn from i think this is what i'm saying is that the fight changes like we've had generations and generations on educating on these things and it's like okay you've had it the information is still there easily accessible for you i don't need to play that part of teacher i like i just don't need to if everything's been there and 
it's clear that you're still not learning then like you said like we need to focus on us and our communities and the actual issue because this is just deflecting from it and it's mm. wasting time it's wasting time while people are actually essentially dying you know what i mean like people are being killed people are dying we're losing lives we're losing people to mental health and i'm sitting here debating whether this is real or in my mind right reason 100% and so i feel like you know thank you to everyone who's listened but i feel like the main things to take away from this episode are that we need to learn to distinguish between what is polarization and what is disagreement and last but not least understand what you're talking about before you talk about it. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened to this episode. Thank you so much, Najla, uh, for joining me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. If you guys want to check her out on her YouTube channel, it's I Inspire Me, spelt with a E-Y-E, Inspire Me. The links will be in the description. Instagram is the same. And until next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., Hadil Speaks, over and out.